Hello, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Michaela Grasso, and I'm here with Niall. Hi, Michaela. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, although I've just had some um, troubling news. Yeah, what, what happened? I've just been informed that my dog has diarrhea. And, uh, that's tough. Yeah. That's, that's really tough. Uh, I'm sorry. It's done a poo on the rug. Not so, a nice poo. No, no, one of the worst poos <laughs> you can imagine. One of the worst poos, yeah. Indeed, so now, even though I'm very much looking forward to discussing the week's news with you, I now know that I've got something truly terrible awaiting me at home. So would you rather not go home and just like ignore that or get home quickly to deal with that as soon as possible? I think, yeah, you know, the smart person would just grit their teeth and say, let's just get this over and done with. But I'm sort of thinking about maybe booking a flight, <laughs> going to somewhere else, maybe going, maybe we could see, maybe I could use the excuse that I'm going to go on behalf of Slim Radio for some live reporting right. at the Suez Canal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. So anything to avoid yeah, but wait, is it is your girlfriend already cleaning it? So maybe well, I, I, no. Well, from what I understand, is that it, it just happened. So she is she has taken the dog out because there is more to come. Oh damn, that sucks. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's gonna be a long day. But well, about the Swiss Canal, mentally, I feel a bit like that guy who's you know causing a three weeks delay, nine billion dollar loss a day you feel mentally like that a bit yeah. how come just very stressed oh i see yeah. do you think you're as stressed as him i'm not sure holding up the entire global <laughs> I economy think he's uh, gonna be in a better place probably like yeah. he's in a better place he needs some lessons from my dog right what how which to, lessons well how to unblock a um <laughs> an important an important passage <laughs> Yeah, well, that that sounds good, uh, Patrice. Uh, yeah, could really but maybe they could, uh, and listeners, Patrice is my dog, not the um, <laughs> oh, yeah. not the Japanese guy who owns the uh, the the. Oh, it was a Japanese guy. I think it's a Japanese company. I don't know if the guy's yeah, Japanese. Yeah, it's all called Evergreen. The ship. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite a quite a statement. I know. But well, let's move in um, on today's news. So we're talking about China and Turkey. China and Turkey. Which one do you want to do first? Ah, oh, damn, this is hard. Uh, I think we can start with China, you know. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. urgent in the news. Yeah. We've seen a lot on it. On every, any, every European newspaper is reporting on this battle between China and the West, you know. It seems to be heating up, doesn't it? Right? I mean, the latest I saw was that some British politicians have uh, been sanctioned yeah. by China, which I haven't heard of that happening. You know, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? You often hear about the West sanctioning um, leaders or individuals yeah. from Russia. Venezuela. Or, yeah, and recently um, Jamal Khashoggi yeah, that, with, with that whole thing, Biden, um, the US release sanctions for yeah. various Saudi officials. So, but to have the reversey Percy and to have another it's country. Crazy, yeah? yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I am actually quite excited about seeing how this is going to unfold, you know, because also we are going to see how Biden wants to act in foreign policy, which it, is pretty interesting. For the uh, first time, but he's, he's expected to behave more or less as we yeah. would have seen Obama behave in this situation. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like Obama, just like surrounding a bit China with sanctions, military bases. Cause in the past weeks, Biden, I mean, not Biden, 
he's very old. I don't know if he could travel so many times. But the U.S. did a lot of agreements with like Japan and South Korea yeah. and other countries in the area to establish new defense methods against China and North Korea. So they're kind of trying to surround these countries and make them feel, you know, like mm, constrained. Yeah. Yeah, there was a summit last week, I think, yeah. between China and America. In Alaska. In Alaska, where some heated words were exchanged. It was, um, yeah. I've never seen anything like that before in terms of, I think it was the, 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 the you know, the foreign, oh, I won't even try to guess, but it was, you know, the Secretary of State or the Foreign Secretary or yeah. something. It wasn't the presidents, it wasn't no, the no. leaders, but it was still people who speak with the voices of their governments. Yeah. Essentially trading accusations and insults just accusing each other like yeah it's crazy because i was reading that as soon as blink which was the u.s guy started talking he already accused china so china replied with accusation as well and i love how western media is like oh china was super aggressive in the meeting and they only focus on that but we were also as as western very aggressive in this yes. meeting. So. yes but it is also it's always interesting to see those they are very consequential statements and accusations that these countries, that the US and China uh, exchanged, but they yeah. do it so politely. It's this weird, it's always strange to watch conflict play out in in the context of diplomacy, yeah, where there are, yeah. you know, there are certain expectations about decorum and how you yeah. go about these things. But essentially what you're saying is, I really don't like you or the way you do things. Absolutely. But also, I mean, it's a weird period for China because they also just had the National Assembly. Yes. So they said that um, before 2035, they will reach uh, complete technological autonomy and uh, uh, medium, uh, what, what are they saying? Prosper, moderate prosperity for all the citizens of China, which means not overcoming poverty, but even more, you know, overcoming yeah low class middle class you know yeah so everyone's within a certain above a line a yeah exactly line. so that's their new goals but meanwhile they're receiving all of these sanctions because the west is saying that they're you know violating human rights in Xinjiang and all of this uh, Hong Kong Taiwan yeah the usual accusations so that's really interesting and there is this old clothing clothing companies war right now like yeah isn't I, I there's something to do with cotton and Xinjiang. Yeah, exactly. So, so cotton is producing Xinjiang. And I think there have been accusations against Western companies like H&M that they were using that cotton. And H&M replied by saying, no, that's not true. We don't support human rights violation. And then China was, Why? what the, What are you saying? Mm. You're implying that we violate human rights. So mm. we boycott you. So mm. now everyone in China is boycotting this Western company. And their stock have plummeted this week that's crazy and chinese companies clothing companies have rose like crazy reason like crazy because of this campaign about like supporting yeah. chinese firms yeah so yeah it's interesting. A, it is an interesting situation but it feels so tokenistic you have companies like um h&m i think nike and uh burberry have all kind of suffered a similar situation you know they've all said something about xinjiang and yeah. about china's human rights abuses and in response they've been boycotted or burberry have lost one of their key um chinese superstar celebrity okay, um, yeah. ambassadors wow. and that kind of thing but then you have apple and siemens and um you know, uh, Starbucks, these are all big Western companies that are not only continuing to do business yeah. in China, but are talking about how well the business is going in China. So they're True. very happy with things. And it's it all feels like tokenistic simply because 
when I step back from it and have a look, I don't see any way to disentangle. The solution doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a possible solution to mm-hmm. try to disentangle the West economically yeah. from China as a way of punishing China. True, I agree. And also, I think it's so interesting to see this sanction in, pro- in progress because normally we sanction countries that are already a bit poor or yeah. on the way to, like Venezuela. So there is not much to be saved. But China is a really strong country. So it's going to prove something about sanction as well. Are I they mean, useful or are they going to make China stronger? But on again, side? you know, it, if you put in really harsh sanctions, you're going to affect industries that the West relies on. Yeah. Technology, automobiles, mining, um, luxury goods. These are all things that, you know, the big Western powers need for their economies that they rely upon China for. So there's there's always going to be a limit because especially during COVID, well, COVID aside, the West is never in a position or the capitalist West is never going to be in a position where they're happy to cut their economic noses off just despite oh, China. No way. But also just this whole vaccine thing. Now the West is also angry because China is supplying their vaccine to other countries like right. Hungary and they don't want to. But that's also a ridiculous argument. Like, why don't you want to? There is so much politics involved in healthcare. Yeah. And also with this, like they're boycotting um, China because of forced labor making clothes. Yeah. But then also the US, like 45% of US prisons, I think are private prisons which means oh there's they so have much hypocrisy labor and that's there is so also forced labor because they're basically not paid and they make victoria's secrets underwear but nobody's like boycott the u.s no but that's crazy that's just just crazy yeah i mean i read a i read a good article which made a point that sounds great on paper and that i can totally get behind which is that if you want to because china at the moment is trying to create a parallel world system it's trying to create an economic and financial structure that other countries can get involved in yeah. instead of going to the u.s-led structure which yeah, obviously exactly. europe is part of and everything But you can talk about these two different worlds kind of splitting off and the media is annoying in the way that it talks about this because it's making it feel like there is another cold cold war coming. Absolutely. I can't stand this. Like there is a clearly a middle ground that nobody's willing to take. Yeah. We are both wrong. Like the West is wrong. China is wrong. We have to come up with yeah, that. Like yeah. we have to agree on that. Yeah. We are doing all wrong things. A hundred percent. And, you know, the article made a really good point that... The way to get around this, given that it's actually not going to be another Cold War, because China and the West are far more intermingled than the US and the USSR ever were. They were able to live separate lives. We can't live separate lives. We are joined. We have a shared fate in many ways. And this article said, well, okay, so the only way to go about this then is to continue to engage with China because economically we we depend on it and it made a very good point that it's good to be open with China because then a lot of people in China yeah. get exposed to our western values whereas if they completely close off their kind of autocratic one party system becomes the only thing that people within China are exposed to and they never get to understand yeah. that there might be another way but the only way to therefore get around this is to stay engaged but at the same time, offer a better alternative to countries oh, yeah. in the West, which means, you know, offering um, business that is sustainable and obeys human rights by making sure yeah. that you commit to getting rid exactly. of forced labour in your supply chains and everything like that. But as yeah. you've just said, 
there is so much hypocrisy there. We're not in a position at the to moment or, in, yeah, or to offer a better solution. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, very interesting point. Should yeah. we yes. move on to the next topic? Yes. Which is but you're, you know, you're right to be excited because, I mean, this thing now with China and the US or the West and the East or however you want to frame it, this is going to be the defining thing. Oh my God, yes. For the next 50, 100 They're going to write essays one day on what's happening yeah. now. It's exciting to be at the beginning of a new historical yeah, period, absolutely. if not a bit scary. Yeah. But um, Turkey, yes, yeah, sorry. Next no one. No worries. So, right, Turkey pulled out of the Istanbul Convention, which was signed in 2012 by Turkey itself. So, Tell me about this. Well, I don't fully, I don't think I've heard of the Istanbul Convention. So basically in 2012, 11, uh, they started the EU and other countries that are in the European Council or close to the EU to have this new treaty that would defend, like protect women's rights against right. uh, like sexual violence, harassment, uh, whatever, right. which is not like a binding agreement, but some countries have ratified it. So they made it a law, which means it is to be respected and everything. And among them also Turkey. Yeah. And Turkey was the first one to sign it and it's the first one to pull out of the convention. So that's really interesting. And it's just Erdogan that wants to probably appeal to the more conservatory side of Turkish politics, you know. He has been following this line for a while now because they think that this threatens family values. What, giving women rights? Yeah, like protecting women from violence or the convention because it mentions the word like gender so it's against family values it's just ridiculous and also poland and hungary are on the way so yeah and so it's called the istanbul convention yeah so presumably it was signed in istanbul, in istanbul. yeah <laughs> and it's crazy yeah it is crazy i think the What's really interesting about this is that there is definitely a relationship, I think, between being an autocratic an autocratic country where, you know, you've got these men, authoritarian men in power, and also being a country that's incredibly hostile day to day for women. I don't understand. Like, it is clear that there is a connection, but why? What's so threatening about women's rights? Well, I don't know if it's the... I don't know if it's that women's rights... Well, okay, yeah. I think I think the thing that's threatening about women's rights... Okay, let me... This is a hot take, and I, I haven't thought this through, but okay, I'm, I'm riffing, so it. apologies, everyone. We are here but for there it. is something inherently masculine and in terms of the aggressiveness of a, a system, a governmental system like Turkey's and like Russia's. You have these, you know, we literally call them strongmen yeah, at the top of yeah. government who are controlling everything. And... There is a sense there that they should be the only ones in control as individuals and in terms of uh, the representatives of a certain political ideology. But also it's not difficult to see the, the jump from that to them in control as representatives of their gender. Yeah. They are the personification of a certain way of thinking, which is that strength is you know, physical strength, i.e. hard power, i.e. being able to project yourself militarily yeah. towards your neighbours. These are the keys to running a country successfully. And we associate socially um, feminism and the idea of womanhood with a counterbalance to that kind of male oh, aggression. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it therefore scares them a little bit. It, mm-hmm. it threatens the idea that you might dare to introduce some empathy or some kind of, um, you know, a softer way of thinking. And I don't mean that 
derogatory no, no at all. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, hard and soft, a, a softer way of thinking threatens to undermine the way that they conduct themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think this is a very good point. And also just look at Turkish politics. It's all men. So. It's all men. It's all men. And, you know, there's um, just to kind of take this this thought to its uh, natural conclusion. In 2017, Russia and okay, so Russia and Turkey at the moment are really good mates. Erdogan and Putin, yeah. really good friends. Which is weird because Turkey is part of NATO. Turkey has oh always God, wanted yeah. to be part of EU. It's so weird. So you would have thought that they and they've been fighting. They fought each other in Syria. They've been yeah. in conflict there, and also the um, you know Nagorno Karabakh. Yeah, that whole conflict became. A bit of a standoff between the um, Turkey, Turkey backed Azerbaijan and Russia backed Armenia. So there's definitely conflict there, but at the same time, they seem to have found common ground in being dicks, <laughs> literal dicks, literal dicks. And it's—I <laughs> don't think it's a coincidence that in 2017 Putin passed a law that decriminalized domestic violence in Russia. Why would you ever do that? Like it's insane. that's such a dumb such thing. Such a weird, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to get your head yeah. around how you could take such a step backwards. Oh, it's crazy. But this law it made it it meant that it's legal. So I mean, you know, you can get into the fine print of whatever, but essentially the law said that it's le- domestic violence is legal as long as the heart the physical harm wasn't too serious. And it didn't happen more than once a year, which is, you know, insane. Yeah. And the result has been incredibly predictable, which is that there have been and there's been an increase in instances oh of domestic God, violence. There's been a decrease in reporting of domestic violence. Yeah. And there have been a lot of instances of the police refusing to investigate domestic That's violence. That's just crazy. It's um, it's so scary. I mean, I must I can't even imagine what women must live like in these countries yeah. where the government deliberately violates the rights. Yeah. Know. And do you know what I mean? So I can't... You, yeah. There there has to be... We have to look at this and talk about the similarities, both in terms of how these countries act as very in a very masculine, aggressive way on the world stage, yeah. and then how they treat their women within the country. These two things aren't unrelated. Oh, no, no way. It's just overall, internally and externally, an atmosphere yeah. of hostility and aggression. Yeah, and it's scary that this thing of the Istanbul Convention, they also want to do it within the EU so that Poland and Hungary, which are EU countries, now yeah. they want to also withdraw from the treaty. Why would you ever do that? Like, n- they're violating LGBTQ rights, um, yeah. women rights, uh, migrants' rights, and they are still in the EU. Like, they sign to enter, to respect certain standards, and they are not respecting them. So why are they with us? Yeah, like, but it's this, this is the thing about... Um, my, my my understanding of this isn't sophist- as sophisticated as many other people's, but it seems obvious to me that if you're a patriarchy, having women on an equal footing is a threat. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, good. Have we got any um, good news? Well, we have a fun fact. I don't know if it's a good news. Always about masculinity and dicks. Uh, so that apparently uh, pollution is making dicks shrink. Ah, I wonder if it's happening in particular in Turkey and Russia. And that's why that's why Erdogan and Putin are so angry, because every morning they step out of the shower, look in the mirror at their little right. wrinkled man and think, God, I've really got to make up for my lack of a dick by going out and being right. a massive one. Yeah, no, uh, but it's this research that says, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago as well, but now there is this new headline that came out. 
that infertility is rising in the West, and this is also affecting private parts dimension. Wow. So and so this is pollution, microplastics, yeah, all of the things that we are breathing, eating. Yeah, exactly. So recycling and not polluting is big dick energy. That is big dick energy. <laughs> nice. If ever and we don't want to do any small dick shame. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we're all about big dick energy. And it's very easy to get. Just yeah. go and split your uh, split your um, your trash into the into exactly. the right bins. Exactly. Yeah, and don't throw it in the Amsterdam Canal. No, <laughs> no. Otherwise, you're you're yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Well, I think that is good news. Or if yeah, anything else, it's, it's, it's definitely a lesson. Yeah, I agree. But well, thank you so much. Thanks, Niall. Michaela. And um, well, we'll be back next week. So um, have a good weekend. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.